Somebody tell me you're ready for God's word this morning. Amen. This is our home. But see, I brought my box with me today. Because a lot of y'all don't know you're God's big reveal. A lot of you don't realize he's been waiting to do something. Some of you have been through tough seasons, but, and you've had people walk away from you, but you didn't even understand that rejection was protection. Over the last week, we've seen over 2,000 come to Christ, but I want to go ahead and give you a heads up. The altar is open right now. And in the next few minutes, the Spirit of the Lord is going to overwhelm this place. His presence is going to drop in this place, and you're going to feel His glory and His freedom. Now give my God a praise right now as I move into this. I want to encourage you that if you've not read the new book that Karen and I just wrote together called Rebuilding the Altar, please go get it at the table. In fact, you can get it or Karen's book, Dehydrated or Unqualified, Pastor Glenda the Ford and that. We'll give you a drop card where you can download sermons. And those of you that want to help sponsor an altar to go in pastor's homes, please do. It's the altar. The first altar, I believe, was presented here. It's brought out every Monday night. Why do you put altars out? Because sometimes people need a place to meet with God. But if you allow me, I'm going to step into our next. I've got to share this word. And really, this is a word for everybody that's just been existing and hasn't understand the season you've gone through. Now, first service and second service, the house downtown was pretty crazy. I'm waiting on y'all to join in or I'm going to talk bad about you. I will gossip about you. So see, i got to talk to everybody that wants to live somewhere between amen and there it is. I brought my box with me because you're God's big reveal. In fact, I'm preaching a message this morning called The Hidden. This is for all those that have been existing. All those stuck between amen and there it is. All those that have been waiting on God to use them and you're like, God, when is it my turn? I've come to prophesy and tell you now. You know, we're living in a time and a day and age and a generation where they, they have reveal parties. I mean, literally, they'll take sonograms and they're like, we're going to have a party for the sonogram. And they show the picture of the little baby and its face is all. And you're like, oh, it's pretty. Looks like his dad. Then they have the reveal party for the baby. I only go to those things for the cake. I'm just hoping they have Skittles, amen? Skittles is God's gift. When I get to heaven, there ain't going to be nothing but worship and food. I'm going to be going, here I am to worship Skittles. But i got to preach a word because God's about to move across this room. I want you to listen closely. In fact, open your Bibles to 2 Chronicles, and we'll get there in just a moment. But one of the favorite words or scriptures that I found that I love right now is found in Matthew chapter 10, verse 27. The Bible says, what I whisper to you in the dark. See, you're cursing the dark season, and God's talking. Speak in the daylight. What is whispered in your ear, proclaim from the roofs. Can I talk about being hidden? Because I believe with all my heart, God's about to raise up a new generation that's not wrapped up in celebrity Christianity where they've turned the platforms into stepping stones for man, but it's become altar areas. He's about to raise up the nobodies. He's about to raise up the unqualified. He's about to raise up the oops and the accidents. He's about to raise up the illegitimate. Ain't no such thing as an illegitimate child, but I've met some illegitimate parents. He's about to raise up the ones that God has been waiting to reveal. Somebody shout, use me. Isaiah said in Isaiah 45, verse 3, that he gives you treasures in darkness. You'll never have the treasures until you go into the dark area. 
Jesus said it best in Mark chapter 4, verse 22. For nothing is hidden except to be revealed, nor has anything been secret, but that it comes to light. Preaching the hidden. The great reveal called you. God's been waiting to reveal you. See, I've spent most of my life in the hidden. I wrote an article recently called The Death of You. You can go to my Instagram, Pat Schatz, and, or Karen Schatz line, and you can go to the bio and you can open the link. It's, it's already had, I think, 30, close to 30,000 views in, in a very short time. I wrote it a couple of weeks ago. The Death of You, how you have to die to live, how you've got to... Stop at the hardware store and get a hammer because God's already got the nails. How I spent years, five continents, two and a half million miles, preaching all over the world. But you don't know me for my, you may know me for my public stage, but you don't know me for about my, my Monday through Friday death to self. Dark seasons, discouraging seasons, depression. I wrote about an unqualified, how God delivered me from depression. So let's talk about the big reveal called you. Let's talk. Now, before I preach this, I must give a disclaimer because how many of you understand that you have to have disclaimers or you'll get sued? So I brought a disclaimer with me because this sermon right now, uh, it's not for the disenfranchised with authority. In fact, how many of you have seen those commercials, those prescription commercials where they're like, if you get this new pill, literally you can run a thousand miles in a day. You'll get your eyesight back. Your joints start working. And it's like, oh my God, the greatest, I mean, your heart is completely healed. You're reading the prescription. They're telling you about the prescription. It's like awesome. And then they go, that's the first 15 seconds. And the last 45 seconds is the disclaimer. But if you take this pill, you'll die. You're going to bleed out. Your family may find you running through a field naked. I mean, it's crazy stuff. It's called it. But they never do the disclaimer. Like, they, it's crazy. So it's a commercial. And then when the disclaimer starts, you got a dog running and people chasing it and throwing a ball. And they're on Ferris wheels and they're dancing. Sometimes they're in bathtubs. That's weird. And so i got to read a disclaimer. Is that all right? So those of you that don't like disclaimers, there's a little doggy. Bye-bye, doggy. Go, 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 doggy. Okay, there you go. Let me read the disclaimer because I need you to listen to this. Many will hear this message and use it as an opportunity to throw rocks instead of leaning upon the rock. There's a doggy. Come here, doggy. Watch. Okay. Understand that being spiritually disciplined by authority is not the same as God-created season of isolation. They can work hand in hand, but we must understand the difference. There are some who have been isolated because your spirit was not ready. Your attitude was toxic or your lack of obedience to spiritual authority has caused leadership to place you under the sidelines of church or ministry. Look at them dancing over there, riding a Ferris wheel. Watch. Maybe it's because you thought ministry was about wood ingrained platforms and not carpet burns. The intoxication of self has always produced a devil desiring to be worshipped above the one who created him. Mavericks are usually martyred by self-inflicted wounds caused from a knife called pride. Okay, that's the end of the disclaimer. Can I preach this to you? Let me read you a little story. Thank you so much. Let me read you a little story that without it you don't have Jesus. How many of you know that Jesus was of the tribe of Judah? 
the tribe of worshipers. He couldn't come from the first three tribes because one of them was about revenge or was about incest and the other two was about revenge. So he cannot come from incest and revenge. He comes from the tribe of the worshipers, tribe of Judah. But what you have to understand is, I'm going to read you a story that if something had not taken place, we would not have the tribe of Judah. There are stories throughout the Bible. And if you're a studier, you find these little stories that without it, we would have never gotten to Jesus. Are you with me so far? So the Bible says in 2 Chronicles, let's read this verse together, because I want you to get a hold of this. Now, how many of you ever heard of Jezebel? Revelation 2 says Jezebel is still in the church. What does she do? She seduces and teaches you to love God and love the world too. In other words, you act like heaven on Sunday and like hell on Monday. It means you're not real. Now, we know that in the Old Testament, Jezebel tortured the anointed. They had to be hidden in caves from her because she was killing everybody off. She worshipped Baal, which is Lord of the Dungflies, which was a sexual god. It was perversion. We know that Elijah fought against her. We know that he rebuilt the altar. The fire of God fell. Then he went and anointed Jehu, who would kill her off. I'm going somewhere. But she had a granddaughter. So Jezebel killed the anointed but then she has a daughter excuse me not she has a daughter and the daughter's name is Athaliah how many of you know many times the apple doesn't fall far from the tree okay the bible says when Athaliah the mother of Ahaziah saw that her son was dead she proceeded to destroy the royal family of the house of Judah some of you do not realize listen closely your family is under attack things are coming against you because of where God wants to take you what he's called you to all hell and if you ain't coming up against the devil all hell will attack you and if you ain't coming up against the devil it's because you're flowing with him See, I understand when we begin to write Rebuilding the Altar, this book right here, it's not even about a wooden altar. It's about a lifestyle of encounters with God. Everything began to happen. Abby lost her hearing. I lost my voice. Karen came under attack. We sat, some of you saw it on Facebook. We sat in front of an oncology office, and I'm trying to do a Facebook Live, and I can't stop weeping because the doctor walked in after a year and a half of all-out torture and said, Karen, I want you to know you're completely healed. Give my God a shout. I've come to speak to your season. The greater the isolation, the greater the anointing. Nobody ever prophesies over quiet days. Nobody ever explains why you're going through this. But it's because God has been hiding you. Bring that verse back up. About to get loud. When Athaliah, the mother of Ahaziah, now this is the daughter of Jezebel. She crazy like mama. saw that her son was dead, she proceeded to destroy the whole royal family of the house of Judah. But Jehoshaphat, the daughter of King Jehoram, took Joash, son of Ahaziah, and stole him away from among the royal princes who were about to be murdered and put him and his nurse in a bedroom. Okay, let's stop right there. Jezebel, bring the chart up, and I'll come back to this verse. Bring the chart up. I'm going to show you something real quick. Had my team create this. You had the southern kingdom and the northern kingdom of Israel. Everybody knows that, right? Southern kingdom was Jehoshaphat. That's the godly kingdom. Southern. SEC. Exactly. Now watch. Northern Kingdom, Ahab and Jezebel, Big Ten. Watch. That's, I just threw that for free. Watch. So you got King Jehoshaphat, you got King Ahab and Jezebel. They come together, they go, you know what? Let's quit fighting. Let's marry our kids. This is one of those families that should never get married. Somebody going to die at a reunion. 
They got the Brown Family Reunion shirts on. They out in the park, and somebody leaves with a gunshot wound. Now watch. That's Karen's maiden name's Brown. I'm sorry, babe. Watch. <laughs> King Jehoshaphat, King Ahab. They marry their kids, King Jehoram and Ahab and Jezebel's daughter, Athaliah. They get married. They have two kids, Jehoshaphat and Ahaziah. Ahaziah, the new king, after his dad dies, gets killed in battle. Mama, Athaliah, the grandmother, decides, you know what? I want to be in charge. I don't want my grandsons taken over. So she runs into the nursery and starts killing off all the babies. Back to the scripture. Let me show you this. And the Bible says, but Jehoshaphat, the daughter of King Jehoram, took Joash, son of Ahaziah, and stole him away from among the royal princes who were about to be murdered and put him and his nurse in a bedroom. But because Jehoshaphat, the daughter of King Jehoram, and the wife of priest Jehoiada, was Ahaziah's sister, she hid the child from Athaliah so she could not kill him. He remained hidden for six years while crazy grandma ruled the land. I want you to get a hold of this, church. Because I don't know about you. I don't have patience. I hate waiting. Look at my driving record. In fact, driving through Louisiana about a month and a half ago, a state trooper pulled me over. He saw my Alabama bumper sticker and said, let me write that ticket. I think Pastor Glenn sent him. But even worse than me about having patience is Karen Shad's line. Y'all don't know what I live with. I'm reminded of the time when Nate, Pastor Nate was just a little baby, just a little Zuzu. He was sitting in, let me tell you this, let me tell you about it. He's just a little Zuzu. And he's sitting in the front of the grocery cart. And they're going through a Winn-Dixie, and Karen's trying to get down an aisle, but a woman keeps getting in front of her. Little old lady, every time Karen would turn this way, he would turn that way. The lady would turn that way, turn this way. The lady would turn that way. And finally, Karen's so frustrated about this lady won't let her through the aisle. She leans over, Pastor Nate, he's just sitting in the front of the the cart, and all of a sudden, she, she leans over, and under her breath, she goes, would you move? And Pastor Nate turned around and said, my mama said, move. (laughs) I think I bought him a present for that one, church. (laughs) But I don't know about you. I struggle because I'm radically impatient. I know God's told me we're going to fill stadiums. We're going to see miracles. We're going to do all. But what I don't understand is the waiting season. The greater the anointing, the greater the isolation. Nobody ever prophesies over the quiet days. That's what I'm preaching about. I'm preaching about the ones that have been stuck waiting. And you don't realize it, that God actually snatched you up and hid you away for your safety. You've been cursing a nursery, but God says, you don't understand. I rescued you. And instead of complaining about what you've been through, you ought to shout, I'm still here. So this is for those that feel the stirring of incompleteness. In fact, understand something. God's not trying to violate you. He's 
about to validate and vindicate. See, what are you talking about? You are the preciousness of possibility. It's Romans 8 verse 19. For creation is waiting on you to be revealed. But there's a hiding season that we all have to go through. That's what I'm preaching about. And what I've learned about God is our walk is a mystery. Colossians, the second chapter says it speaks of the mystery of God. That word mystery means you can't speak of it. It reminds me of sitting on planes every week and some businessman will look over at me and go, so what do you do? Um, I'm a hope dealer. Grave robber. How's your day, sir? See, you have to understand. In fact, I was sitting on a flight recently because we've had these outbreaks of God. The Lord spoke to Karen and I at New Year's Eve and said, this will be the year of interruptions. He used up two prophetic voices to call us. One is Pastor John Kilpatrick, who led the Brownsville Revival, called us and said, get ready for a year of interruptions. And we've had an outbreak of God in Miami, outbreak of God in Wisconsin, outbreak of God in Charlotte, outbreak of God in Atlanta and Mobile. And we've literally had to move 36 churches into next year. So recently I was getting on a flight and I was going to preach in Charlotte where the move of God is. I was going with a friend of mine named Eddie James and we're just trying to get there. Eddie's a worship leader and we're just trying to get there and we're delayed. By the way, I just wrote an article on the spirit of delay. When we broke the spirit of delay in our house, our home that had been for sale for five years sold the next morning. See, in other words, remember 1 Thessalonians when Paul said to the church at Thessalonica, he said, hey, I wanted to get to you but the enemy delayed me. Daniel chapter 10, the, the enemy tries to delay you. He'll try, he can't stop what God's doing. Me to, how do you break it? Come into agreement and watch God blow the thing away. Anyway, that's a whole free thing. Can't go there. Stop it. Can't go there. But see, what you have to understand is, church, sitting on the flight, and I've been delayed for two hours, and all of a sudden the Spirit of the Lord says, get your phone out. I have a prophetic word for your next. I said, Lord, Okay. Two hours, sitting on the runway, sitting there, sitting there, sitting there. Pilot's not telling us nothing. And all of a sudden, I pull my phone out, and I wrote this down. Are you hidden? Then I have good news for you. This is April. In April. Then I have good news for you. God has, has his telescope to his eye. He is searching for the hidden. These are those that are leaving isolation to help lead his visitation. God is bypassing those that have become so entitled that they smell like green rooms and not sheep. So narcissistic that they took, they look past the hurting and stare at the mirror. So self-reliant that they can now avoid the secret place. So greedy for acceptance that they have chosen relevance over reverence. You see, God always chooses. And this is what I wrote on my, I'm just sitting on my phone, just waiting on, to take off. So God, you see, God always chooses the ones that have disappeared into anonymity in order to learn how ravens feed and brooks keep bubbling. Somebody shout. The marching orders are being sent out to the forgotten. The orders are clear. Decrease and he will increase. Catch a flame and they will come and watch you burn. Declare the hope of the cross and exalt his name. Reach the hurting, lost and broken, for they are future citizenry of heaven. Yet even now, give my God a shout. And it led to me writing this message. See, I love Philippians 1 verse 6. I'm confident that he who began it can finish it. See, nobody ever talks to you about the quiet season. I wrote this book in 11 days, but in that 11 days, 70,000 words, sitting and weeping the whole time at years of feeling unqualified. Nobody ever, you know the stage person, but do you know the hidden person? Where God has to crush you like an olive to get the anointing oil. 
And many times God puts you in a hiding place. It's not time out. He's not trying to, to put you in trouble. You know, I'm going to put you in the corner over here because you don't have giftings or you don't know the right people. No, no, no. God told me to come and tell you. Many of you are hidden, but you're not forgotten. I brought my box with me. I'm about to reveal you. I'm talking to the ones who's cursing your wilderness season. We all want an exit door, but in all truth, in all honesty, everything God does is usually spun in secrecy. He knits you together in the secret place. Psalms 139, verse 13. He, in other words, before your mama had a plus sign on her, on her pregnancy test, he already called you a positive. You ain't getting this yet. See, you have to understand. God said, I've been watching for you. And the Bible says in Colossians 3, since you've been raised with Christ, set your heart on things above, where Christ is seated at the right hand. Set your mind on things, not on earthly things, for you died and you are, your life is now hidden. God's been separating you for the next because he is done with the celebrity Christians. He is done with those that want to preach about themselves and not him. No, not him, but give us Barabbas. He is done with the ones that are running around preaching false grace and verily declaring truth. The ones that won't reach out and declare who God is. The ones that won't preach about the life of a child because it's been relegated to a voting block. The ones that won't preach about what true marriage is according to God's eyes. The ones that won't tell the truth. In fact, he's not worried about the ones in this room that are going to get offended. In fact, you know what I love? I think God even has an ability to go block, just like Facebook. I love Facebook block. It's, it's almost like you got the five little jewels, and you go, bye, Spider-Man. <laughs> anyway. Listen, if you're not being attacked, you're probably not telling the truth. And sometimes God has to hide you and pull you away from people. And you're like, it hurts so bad. But protection is, many times rejection is protection. And God says, I'm calling you over here because when he really starts to use you, he isolates you. He begins to whisper. He makes people disappear from you. They quit texting and calling. And he puts you off. And it's much like when a little lamb gets pregnant. For a while she walks with the flock. But then eventually you find her under a bush over here pushing. And the shepherd's leaning in saying, come on. You got this. Be hidden. I'm prophesying over the next ones that are to rise up in this place. In the greatest church in America, a church that God has raised up. This place has been known for raising up the hidden. But see, nobody ever talks about the waiting season, the hibernation season, the season when nobody knows your name. But it's in that season that God creates a foundation. It's literally what it says in Psalms 27. I will wait on the Lord. See, I've learned the calling of God without the timing of God results in the absence of God. What do you mean? Habakkuk 2.2 2 says, write it down and run with it. In the proper time, the vision will come to pass. It will not be delayed. I have books that have been written that have never been published. I have one book that I wrote many years ago. It's on the corner of my desk that I presented to publishers and they laughed at it. But you wrote five books. Well, four and a half. No, excuse me, I can't write that other one. 
But see, you don't know this lady right here. Y'all saw the video of her preaching in Brazil to 20,000 women. You don't know the first 15 years of our marriage when she was warring with, with wanting to be used of God, but she was raising her family, and now she's all over America, and now she's becoming one of the most powerful voices in America. Why? Because she understood the hibernation of holiness is not produced on the stage of exaltation, but in the isolation where God does his work. See, you ain't getting this yet. I've come to talk to the ones that are hidden. And I've learned in the waiting season, you can go two directions. You can get bitter or you can get better. We have a sign in our, in our hallway of our house that leads into one of the prayer rooms in our home. And it just says, until God opens the next door, I'll praise him in the hallway. Give him a shout. Mm. Got it from Kirkland's. Now watch. I love what our friend George Sawyer says. The struggle doesn't make you. It reveals you. And God sent me to tell you, your delay is due process and action. The Bible says that God had already raised up Jehu to destroy that side of the family. He was the sniper. He began to pick off the royal family. But this one woman by the name of Athaliah, the daughter of Jezebel, when her son gets killed in battle after only a year of reigning, after her husband's already been killed, she says, I know what I'll do. I'm going to run into the nursery and see all my grandsons, and I'm going to kill all of them. I'm going to slit their throat. This is not a good G-Maw. This isn't a good nanny. This is not the one you want to go to her house for Christmas. She's not going to give you cookies unless it's got arsenic. This woman's crazy. She wants to kill all her grandsons. She doesn't take you to Chuck E. Cheese. She's Chucky. <laughs> That's good, ain't it? I got last service. Hello, dear. Listen. The Bible is so cool. Now she's decided to kill the root of David. You ain't getting this yet. Kill the seed of David. She decided to come against the very lineage of God. You better be careful coming against the lineage of God and what he raises up. Because no man can stop it. And the Bible says she runs in the nursery, starts slitting the throats of her own grandsons. But one couple walks in and while she's doing that and said, I know you're going to prostitute the anointing. I know you're going to market the anointing. I know you're going to do your thing. While you're doing all that, while you're killing off everybody, they grab up little Joash and they take him and they run out and they put him in a nursery and they said shh be quiet you've been hidden for a season but I want to play with the other kids I know baby shh every time somebody walk past the bedroom door shh she'll hear you and she began to kill off the seed royale. And she began to take over. And that Athaliah spirit, the daughter of Jezebel, is running rampant in the church today. Oh, you're not getting this yet. Mama killed the anointing. Athaliah, she kills the anointing before it gets going. She makes you offended at leadership. She tells you they don't care about you. All that church does is talk about money. Nobody will raise me up. They won't put me on the worship team. If they ever heard me, I got pipes. 
If I got offended every time I thought somebody would let me sing, they never have, so there. You know what I've learned about Athaliah? She takes you out before you step into your anointing. But dad left me. I don't want anything to do with God. Is that what a father does? But somebody came into my bedroom, Pat, I know. I've heard every story, I promise, this summer. It's the young man that texted me yesterday named Peyton. I showed it to Pastor Nate. <laughs> this young man looks like, he looks like Cam Newton. He's an incredible athlete. I bring him on stage. I put the mic in, in front of him on stage in front of hundreds and hundreds. And I whispered and I said, give the altar call. And he's weeping uncontrollably. Never had this happen before. I said, call them to Christ. And I had over 300 saved at that moment. And I whispered. I said, you just had the biggest altar call that most preachers never see. He texted me yesterday and said, can I call you dad? I've heard every story. But the enemy's goal is to take you out before God uses you. He's, he makes you mad, gets you offended. I can't come under authority. He makes you choose ladders and not letters. I'm going to climb the ladder of ministry and I'm going to step on everybody's back. I'm going to stomp on their fingers on the way up. But Paul said, I don't need a ladder. I got a, a letter, a letter that was sent to the church. It's Philippians. I do nothing out of selfish ambition. It's Romans chapter 8. I let my flesh man begin to die. See, you're not getting this yet. It's about being crucified and laying yourself on the cross. It ain't about everybody. Oh, you ain't getting this yet, church. I'm about to close here in a second. But God told me to tell you, it's about self-exaltation versus obedience. Submission's only a theory till it costs you something. I'm going to say it again. Submission's only a theory till it costs you something. Are you willing to come under authority so God can use you? Or are you going to run around and when nobody uses you, head out the back door and see who you can talk about? And every time you open your mouth, your destiny gets farther and farther and farther from you. But show me somebody that knows how to hide. Show me somebody that knows how to worship. About to open my box. Hope y'all got some cake and some Skittles. God told me to come and tell you. It's James 3.16, for where there is selfish envy and selfish ambition, there you find disorder. Why are you preaching this? Because it's time for a new generation to rise up. A generation that ain't just worried about how your jeans look. Listen, I tried skinny jeans. I'm like a hippopotamus in pantyhose. I'm going to tell you right now. Woo! I sang higher. One time, Pastor Nate and I went shopping. We were at H&M or something. He threw me some jeans. He said, try those on, Dad. And I said, Nate, I need a help. <laughs> Talking about they stuck. That's free. Can I prophesy this over you? Quit blaming the nursery. Quit blaming what they did to you then. You're still here, ain't you? Quit blaming the nursery. But, Pat, if you knew what I went through, oh, listen, because the Bible says that Grandma Athaliah is wild. She's killing all the babies, her own grandson. She wants the throne. She wants the, the royal seed. She wants it wiped out so no one will ever challenge her. But she doesn't know that in the midst of the massacre, God reached down and had them rescue one little baby. Shh, don't cry now. Don't cry. You're not going to have Christmas. You're not going to have birthday. You're going to be stuck in here for a while. But when you come out 
when you get out of where you should have died, when you praise, when you should have lost it, what you call a tombstone, God calls a mile marker. Whoa, hold on, baby. Brought my box. And the Bible says they took the preciousness of possibility and hid it till it was ready. Verse 11 of 2 Chronicles 22, But Jehoshaphat, the daughter of King Joram, took Joash, son of Ahazi, and stole him away. Pat, you don't understand. My nursery wasn't safe, I know. Don't whine about what you've been through. Praise for how you made it through. I've learned something. Out of the hiddenness comes greatness. You can curse your past, blame your ancestry. You don't know what I walked through. I saw some stuff. I left this church one time only to fly home and at 5.30 the next morning and find out my sister was dead. Drug addiction. I've seen some stuff. But I can't live back there forgetting what is behind. Let me close. See, the Bible says, blessed is the one who perseveres. You're going to receive a crown, James 1.12. But Pat, if you knew what I went through in the nursery, let me talk to you about the nursery. Ask Moses. When it was decreed to kill all the babies. See, every time God wants to give change a generation, somebody gives birth. That kid that gets on your nerves the most... Over the next three days is the one God's probably going to use. You know what he is? He's Pat. My report card said A, B, C, D, E, F, G. Folks, I did not have ADD. I had all the alphabet. Just call me Campbell's Soup. But what I want you to understand is, you got to get this. Moses was hidden for 40 years till they forgot his name. But he had to be hidden so they forget his name. Because by the time God raised him up after he murdered somebody and hid him for 40 years on the backside of the desert, all the wanted posters had fallen off. Jesus was hidden. I'll get there in a second. Joseph was hidden for 20 years in prison. Just long enough to change the heart of his own brothers. See, it's in the hiding that God uses you. Remember David? Everybody loves David. But they don't realize nobody was there when he killed the lion and the bear. They saw him kill Goliath and they started singing songs about him, but they didn't see him kill the lion and the bear. The lion's a thing that pounces on you. 1 Peter 5, 8. Be sober, be diligent for the devil your adversary seeks to pounce on you. You know what that is? Insecurity, fear, and doubt. Then he kills the bear. What's the bear? It's the thing that hibernates in your life, only comes out when it's hungry. The only way to defeat, to defeat the bear is to play dead. Then you'll face your Goliath. You know what Goliath means? Splendor, ravaging spirit. Everybody sees you kill the lion or sees you kill Goliath, but they ain't seen you kill the lion and the bear in your prayer time. When you're sitting in your bedroom, worship's going, everybody out partying, and you're just like, God, why am I alone? God, where are you at? Preciousness of possibility. In fact, even in 1 Samuel 16, God says to the prophet, hey, don't look at the way he looks. You know what I'm saying? He ain't all that yet. 
but he's on his way. I'm going to close right here. It's time for the big reveal. You've been hiding long enough. Because, see, I've learned something. Isolated Christians hiding from the world, hiding from the infected culture will only hoard the antidote called hope. But God waits till you're ready. But, but God, the nursery, I know, you're still here. But God, you, they, 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 they did, but you're still here. I'm about to have a heaven reveal party. You know, this generation, they're like, all right, we're having a reveal party. They like pull out the sneakers, blue, pink, smoke, signs, crazy stuff. But you know, I think it's different in heaven because he's about to raise up priests and kings. Lord spoke that to me three years ago. I'll get deeper into that in a second. We're about to have a reveal party. And when I raise this box, I want you to get loud. Because at that moment, Holy Spirit's going to say, there you are. See, we all want God to work according to our timing, but he never does. Because the calling of God without timing of God results in the absence of God. And he has to get you ready. Here comes the Holy Ghost. This is one of my favorite verses in the Bible. Jehoiada, who's the priest, the uncle of this little boy that he's had in hiding. The Bible says in 2 Chronicles 23, verse 1, in the seventh year, Jehoiada, Jehoiada showed his strength. I love this. I need some priests to rise up in America in a day and age where we've gotten good at having church with Father, Son, and Holy Scriptures, but we've locked the Holy Spirit outside. And when you remove one-third from a hundred, it leaves 66.6. In a day and age where very few people are standing up and declaring the truth like a Glenn Berto will or, or the leaders of the house, God's saying, I'm looking for somebody to rise up and realize I anointed you to declare the cross and not yourself. And the Bible says, Jehoiada showed his strength. It's so powerful. And he began to raise the priesthood back up. The whole time Athaliah, that crazy grandma, Gma's over there, nanny. Yeah, yeah. She's over in the house. And Jehoiada went throughout saying, priest, come on, come on, we're about to have a celebration. What are we doing, sir? Get up, get up, come here. Get your trumpets. What are you doing? And he runs. Joash, yes, sir. Come with me, son. Where are we going? It's time. And verse 11 says that they took the little boy who just turned seven, who had been hidden in the house, and placed him at the doors of the temple and put an oversized crown on him and a robe. He just looked like a little dork standing there and put the, the covenants in his arms and a scepter in the other. And suddenly they began to anoint him and began to scream, long live the king. And looking through the window, the very next verse says, it's crazy G-Maw, Athaliah. And she starts screaming, treason, treason, treason. But Jehoiada rose up while the little boy was standing there and said, get her and anybody with her, bring her out and kill her at the horse gate. And they killed her. And the Bible says that little boy, that little boy that had been hidden for six years, forgotten for six years, nobody knew was around for six years, led the nation of Israel for 40 years and restored the covenants of God. You ain't getting this yet. 
See, the Lord spoke to me three years ago. I'm going to raise up priests and kings. And if you studied, it's actually one term. Revelation 1, Revelation 5 speaks of the priest and kings. The Bible speaks of 1 Peter 2, 9, a royal priesthood. So I said to the Lord, I said, why are you telling me that? What are you about to raise up? He said, I'm about to raise up priests and kings. But see, nowadays, when they have a reveal party, they do pink and blue. But I think God's doing something different in heaven right now. Are you ready for this? And I want you to get ready to stand up because Holy Ghost is about to move. He told me to tell you, he's revealing the royal priesthood. He's revealing and the ones that he's been waiting on. Get up on your feet and begin to praise him. We're having priests and kings. Can I tell you about the greatest reveal of all time? Bible says in Romans 1 verse 3, the good news is about his son in his earthly life. He was born into the King David's family. Holy Spirit told me to tell you from the balcony to the floor, this is your moment. Quit cursing the nursery. You're still here. I was in a house of drug addicts. When I was in the nursery, there was days we didn't eat, but I can't look back there. Instead, I can forget that, and I can bring my little grandson up here and say, you're anointed to change the world. Here I am to bow down. You're my God. Oh, you're all together, love. Did you lift your hands? Holy Spirit's about to move. The hidden. We're not done yet. Oh, so here I am to worship. We forgot the big reveal. For 4,000 years they talked about him. But nobody knew when he was coming. Then one night the heavens split open and said, Glory to God in the highest. And just a few people went to check him out. Three kings and some dirty shepherds. Then he was hidden for 12 years. Till one day he ignored his family and snuck away and went and preached. The spirit of the sovereign God is upon me. Then he got in trouble and got grounded for 18 years. He disappeared. But at 30 years, the spirit of the Lord said, now, hidden in the house. Tried to kill him in the nursery. He goes walking out and his cousin goes, behold the lamb of God who takes away the sins of the earth the next thing you know he's going down in the water the filthy Jordan first human video in history but when he comes up heaven opens up and says there's my son I mean that's enough right nope disappears again for 40 days 
Jesus always played in hide and seek. That's why he said, if you seek me, you'll find me. Draw near to God, he'll draw near to you. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. Open the door, let me come in. He's about to move now from the balcony to the floor. Don't you leave yet. He's about to reveal you. Comes out of the water. Heaven opens up. Goes into the wilderness. Then he conquers all three sins, every major sin, and his fame spreads far and wide. That's enough, right? Nope. Then one night, they take him. And he disappears for three days. But let me tell you about the big reveal of all time because of you. you the joy is set before him. Let me tell you about the big reveal. He is risen. Maybe you don't understand. They got to the tomb and he was no longer hiding. Oh, you ain't getting this yet. All of a sudden, at the moment he stood up, at the moment that had been hidden was now revealed to the world. Revelation of God, the outpouring of the Spirit, giving me access to the come to the altar. So if you've been hidden, I got news for you. So was he. He was God's big reveal. Oh, so here I am. Every eye shut across the place. Holy Ghost is moving from the balcony to the floor. This is your moment. This is your moment. Forgive me, I've gone too long. Holy Ghost is about to move. Pray in the Holy Ghost if you're filled right now. Pray in the Holy Ghost if you're filled. Come on, Mama. Come on, Dad. Come on. Here he comes. Here he comes. Here he comes. All over this house, Holy Ghost is about to move. Louder, 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 louder. Pray. Pray, stadium. Pray. Pray, 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 pray. You didn't die in the nursery. Every eye shut if you say, Pat, I'm ready for God to come alive in my heart. I will hide no more sin. God says, I'm about to invade your life right now. He says, I'm about to move in your life right now. And if you've walked away, if you've never accepted God, very soft, if you've never accepted God, God says, this is your moment. I've been knocking. I've been waiting for you. Holy Spirit says, I'm waiting on you. What you were going through when the enemy tried to kill you in the nursery, I was protecting you. With every eye shut, if you say, I need God to forgive me and change me. This is the day where I go public and come out of hiding. I'm still here. I shouldn't be here, but I'm still here. If you say, I'm still here, and I'm ready for God to move and forgive me and change my life, I want all sin out of my life. Raise your hand now. Raise it up high. Come on, use the first inclination. If God moves, raise your hand now. Raise it up. If you raise your hand, walk down here. Who cares from balcony to floor? I don't care. I don't care what nobody thinks. You're about to come public. You're about to go public with God. No more hiding. No more. Come on. Come on. You raise your hand. Come down here. Real soft. I'm going to wait on you. Holy Spirit said, wait. If you wait upon the Lord, he'll renew you.
There was hands that went up over here, every eye shut. If you say, Pat, I need to change my life. I've been cursing the nursery, and I didn't realize God was still there. I've got sin in my life. Turn to the person on your right and left in just a moment and simply say, can I go down with you? I feel like the Holy Spirit saying, tell them one more time. Come on down. Altar workers, come and join me. If you have sin in your life or you need Christ, this is just the first part of the altar call. I live for the altar call. I've spent my life under the altar. We're the martyrs under the altar, the hidden. Only to be revealed. If you say, I need God to change my life, but I don't want to walk down on my own. I need somebody to walk with me. The Bible says, whoever calls the name of the Lord shall be saved. He's running towards you right now. If you confess with your mouth and believe your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord, you shall be saved. So if you say, I need God to forgive me, get ready. Here's what I want you to do. Look at the person on your right and left and say, are you okay? And if they say, no, I'm not, say, I'll walk down with you. God wants to do your, God wants to change your life. Ready? Look at the person on the right and left and say, are you okay? Go. Don't make it funny. Do it right now. If they say, no, I'm not, say, I'll walk down with you. We're waiting on about seven more people that are supposed to walk down here now. Come on. Because here I am to worship. Here I am. That's it. Come on. Thank you for coming down. Here's for the second part. Ready for the second part? I love the sec. I love seconds. If you're in this room and you say, Pat, I'm ready for God to use me. I've been hidden. And now I understand why. Raise your hand. That's a bunch of us, isn't it? Quit cursing your last church. Quit being offended at everybody. You ready? If that's you. Some of you have been burned in ministry. Some of you have been hurt. Raise your hand if you say, I'm ready for God to use me. Your story is going to change the world. If you just raise your hand, walk down here. Come on, all those hands. Come stand behind them. We're going to take a couple minutes today. It's all right. Because we got prayer tomorrow night. It's going to be fire. Because here I am to worship. Come on, we're going to wait on you. That should be everybody in this house. Now everybody come and join them. Come down as a family. Now lift your hands high in the air now. Everybody raise your hands. All together. All together one. Sing it out loud. Here I am. Oh, so here I am to worship. Here I am to Here I am to You just started your destiny. Let's do the. Let's do it. You ready? One hand in the air. Say I will. Now raise the second hand and say surrender. Say Jesus. No music. Say Jesus. I. I need to warn you. You're about to feel the Holy Ghost hit your life. You're about to feel the presence of God. Some of you're going to begin to weep. You're going to feel the glory of God hit you. Say Jesus. I repent. I choose you. You are the Christ. You are Lord of my life. And today. I declare, I belong to you. My past doesn't matter. My future is yours.
Jesus. Here he comes. Get ready. Jesus. Help. Here he comes. He's about to come to the nursery. He's about to come to the nursery. He's opening the door of the nursery. He's about to bring you out in front of everyone. He's about to anoint you as a priest and king for this generation. He's about to let you lead. Here it comes. Here it comes. Hands raised. Say, Jesus. I forgive the nursery. He's about to show you he was in that room with you. He's about to show you you weren't alone. He's about to show you he's close to brokenhearted. He's about to show you that he tried to lock the door. He's about to show you you weren't alone. He's close to the brokenhearted. Cry out to God. Lift your voices now. Even if you've never prayed out loud. Say it. Jesus, the nursery didn't win. You did. See, they tried to kill him in the nursery, but they didn't kill him. So he was born in a manger. Do you know relentless? Now say this out loud. Here it comes. It's going to get intense. Here comes the big reveal. Lift your hands and say, God, use me. I am the big reveal. There's no shadow you won't light up. Mountain you won't climb up. This is our song this year. Come here, Karen. gift from God, 28 years of marriage. Listen. The Lord hid her for 10 years. Remember that night Lisa Bevere called you and just said, hold on. You're so frustrated. See, frustration and agitation are the mother of intercession. If you're getting frustrated, God's about to use you. Read Romans 8. For creation was subject to frustration, not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it and hoped that creation would be liberated from his bondage, brought in glorious freedom of God. God got to frustrate you. And now you're being used all over the world. Every Tuesday at the breathing room, every other week, 40,000. I want you to pray peace over them. Lift your hands. Father, we just pray peace right now to enter into this place. 
Lord, I pray just like the scripture says in Genesis 1. It says that the earth was formless and void and darkness covered the surface of the deep. But your spirit was hovering over the waters. Lord, that's, that word spirit literally means breath. And you said your breath was hovering over the darkness. Lord, just like when you spoke the word, you said, the scripture says, God spoke, let there be light. And there was light. You breathed forth and light appeared. Lord, I pray that the ones that are in this building today, that they've been fumbling in the darkness, that darkness has covered the surface of their life for too long, that you are gonna begin to breathe in this place today, that your breath is going to begin to blow throughout this place. And just like with creation, your breath is going to punch a hole in the darkness so that lightning can be revealed. Lord, I pray that light be revealed today, that the darkness will be parted, and Lord, that their lives will begin to make sense again, that they will see that there was purpose in the process. There was purpose in the darkness, because you say that they will learn far more in the darkness, far more in the waiting than they ever will in the rejoicing. And Lord, I pray peace right now begin to enter into their lives as you begin to reveal the purpose that they have walked through. That what they have been through is an indication of who they are called to. That their purpose is to walk through the valley of the shadow of death, not to build a house there, not to build a condominium, but as they walk through into the light they will lead others into the light as well. Peace in the name of Jesus today. Peace in the name of Jesus. There's no wall you won't kick down. It's coming out. Sing it one time we see. Louder, lift your hands. to me. anymore you've been revealed 